Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Abit Kahl and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Audience Graduation. Let's get started. Consider this. A third grade math teacher is particularly good at teaching one specific audience. And those are third grade math students, obviously. Every year, a new group of students appears and they receive a top-notch math education because that teacher is really good at teaching them on that level. Now think about private math tutors and how they have to teach students of all ages all the time. They have to educate a very diverse group of people and they're using many different educational approaches just to ensure every member of their audience comes out of the experience with improved skills in math. Those tutors often stick with their students for long times. So the third grade teacher sees no problem in teaching different kids every year. That's their job. But for a private tutor, that looks very different. They prefer to have a long-term relationship with all of their students, no matter what grade they're in. One audience is highly fluctuating. The other one is sticky for as long as possible, or at least should be sticky for that amount of time. And when you build an audience, you will run into this phenomenon as well. Some audiences are more permanent than others. And over time, you'll experience churn in your follower numbers. Some people just move on. They graduate from you. You've taught them everything you know, and they now need something and someone else. Audience graduation happens in every audience with varying degrees. It depends on how transient your audience is, how likely they are to move on. And that has a lot to do with their most immediate goals. If you build a brand around teaching people how, for example, to get their first marketing gig at an agency, you will experience some churn. After all, your audience only needs your input to accomplish their goal, and they'll look for other sources of more advanced knowledge soon after. If you help coders find their first freelancing clients, they will quickly develop the skills to locate clients themselves, and they don't really need your input anymore. And these are short-term goals that have a clear accomplishment threshold. You either find a client or you don't. You either get a job or you don't. If your audience consists of people who will learn how to do this from you, they will eventually move on. They'll graduate and look for teachers who help them with the new problems they're facing in their new situation. So short-term goals will cause short-lived audiences. And now take a look at Seth Godin's audience. Millions of people, marketers, founders, developers, writers, all kinds of people, hang on his every word often having been a follower for decades already. They have wildly different goals, short-term, long-term, doesn't matter, and they come from equally diverse backgrounds. Why don't they graduate from Seth? It's because Seth moves the needle. Every week, he explores a concept on his podcast or on his blog that many of his followers might never have even thought about before. Every week, he enriches the lives of those who listen or read with something interesting, meaningful, and novel. And before I turn this into a be more like Seth kind of piece, because that's what I would like everybody to be, interesting, meaningful, and novel for a long period of time, let me make one thing absolutely clear. The world needs all kinds of teachers. And I bet that Seth would very likely agree with this, because he's spoken about this at length in his work before. If you want to get your foot into the door as a novice marketer, the concepts that Seth talks about, they'll be interesting, but they won't be immediately helpful. But an article called 10 Things to Get the Attention of a Marketing Agency very much will be interesting for you. So we need both high school math teachers teaching our kids and math professors solving breakthrough problems. In fact, we need many more high school teachers 
than academics, than professors. And the same is true for social media audiences. I think there are many more people out there trying to take their first step and then there are already established industry experts. And few of those notable experts actually take the time to educate the novices so other people need to take up that job and do it well. And I don't think you have to make a permanent choice here when it comes to this. Starting out with a transient audience doesn't mean that you'll see them graduate from you forever. Every permanent audience was at some point transient, and only hard work and a structured approach can shift an audience from a high graduation rate to a low one. So let's talk about this. So what can you do to keep your audience retention high and keep the churn low? Surprisingly, it all starts with accepting that audience graduation happens and that it's fine. It's expected, and I think it's commendable that people become better at what they do and then look for more or somebody else. So there are a few ways of dealing with this, and I'm just going to mention them here. The first one is to grow with your audience. That's the first option. It's to adjust the themes you're talking about to the expectations of your followers. Stay ahead of their journey and teach them as you go, as you experience that yourself. Plenty of founders do that on Twitter. They build in public, they share their journey and their learnings, and they grow alongside their followers. And it's quite the intriguing path because you get to grow yourself and your audience tags along for the ride and gets this consistent stream of value. So growing with your audience is one way. The other one is really just to carve out your expert niche and to be consistent. If you can provide novel and interesting content on a particular topic that makes a difference for your audience, people will stick around. They are essentially subscribers to your knowledge output. And if you operate on the bleeding edge of your space and attract people who want to stay informed as well, that's just right. That just makes you a very interesting person to follow. And I see this a lot in the development space, in the software engineering space. There are people in there that are all in on, let's say, CSS and how to style HTML components. And that's all they talk about. They talk about new frameworks in the space. They talk about the tricks and tips for how to deal with the normal CSS and how to adjust it into your engineering projects. All they talk about is CSS, but they talk about this in a way that is always new, that is always interesting, and always brings new developments into people's minds and into people's path. And that's why people stick with them. That's why they have very low churn, because people following these experts, these niche experts, they know that if anything happens that is notable and interesting in that space, they will hear about it from this person. So there is no graduating that because they are the expert. There are no people that know more than them. They already are the absolute experts in the space. And that's if, if you want to have a, a low churn audience, that's where you want to be. You want to carve out your little niche and be the person that people go to. And if you don't want to do that, well, there's also a way. Because if you have a highly transient audience, well, you can just build an audience funnel. And if you are serving a transient audience, it's clear that people will leave. You, you just have to understand it and embrace it because that's what a transient audience is all about. Like a third grade math teacher does not get mad about people graduating from his third grade into fourth. He's actually quite happy about it because that was his job. And if your job is to funnel this transient cohort-based audience through, well, great. Then you just need to find a way to actually get more in. You'll need to compensate for those people leaving by getting new followers coming into your audience. So get your existing followers to share your content with their peers that would benefit from your insights. Focus on finding new and rising accounts on social media, and there are new ones every day, every week, that are part of your target audience, and pull them along with you, engage with them, attract their existing audiences of similar people, and just these are people that need your knowledge right now in this space, right? That's the cohort that you need right now. 
and actively work on finding fresh accounts that can fill your funnel with and for you. And I think it's fine if some of your followers graduate, as long as new ones take their place in your audience. That's the point, right? You want to still want to grow your audience, so you need to have more coming in than are graduating. And all of this boils down to understanding your cohorts. And any audience, permanent ones or transient ones, will have cohorts. People will be at different stages in their career, in their lives, in whatever. So try to understand the progression from one cohort to another, from the beginners, from the novices to the experts. Investigate what people talk about most in each cohort, just to understand what the themes are and what they stop mentioning, what they don't talk about anymore, particularly in those later cohorts that are threatening to graduate from your audience. This will allow you to adjust your content strategy to their needs and expectations and keep them around for longer. So the cohort is a very important concept, even in an audience. It's quite tricky to define them, really, numerically or quantitatively. It's, it's usually a persona-based situation. But if you know the people you're talking to, then uh, you will understand what the cohorts are. And maybe one last idea here is to look at other influential people. And just investigate the audience. Just look at other people that have a lot of followers that have a big audience and look at how they are structured. Are they attracting experts? Are they attracting novices? Have they attracted experts in the past or novices in the past and have they changed? With some digging, you will see how their content has changed over time to serve that changing audience. And you can infer quite a lot from those shifts as well. So look at other accounts, maybe even talk to them, ask them if they've experienced a change in their audience and see how they reacted to it. That could be very interesting for your own audience building efforts. And no matter how your audience is structured, no matter if you have a wildly fluctuating audience or a super high retention, it's essential to understand who you are talking to. And the remedy for any lack of knowledge is to constantly engage with your audience beyond your own content, like actually joining conversations where they are happening, participating in, in this, these kind of conversations, and taking a mental picture of the conversational landscape every time you find yourself in it, just to see what's going on. Follow other thinkers in your space and catalog what they talk about. What are the topics that come up all the time? What are the interesting things that are surfaced by those people? Have genuine conversations with your followers. Talk to people. Always a good idea about where they are and where they are going and what you can do, what you can help with. And instead of trying to cling to them, find out how you can actually help them get to where they want to be. Because if you approach empowerment that way, an audience graduation is an event that you can actually celebrate. Having helped a person so much that they don't need your help anymore is one of the best feelings you'll ever have. I promise. And it's a true reflection of the abundance mindset put into practice. And that's what engaging with your audience should be all about. So... Audience graduation, interesting topic. I can maybe talk about this from an entrepreneurial perspective a little bit because I remember when I ran Feedback Panda, just before we sold it, we had a couple of these incidents where people were actually quitting because they got a better job, right? Feedback Panda was a SaaS that we had for online English teachers and those online English teachers would often do this online teaching as a second or even third job. So they were not well paid in any other job that they had, otherwise they wouldn't have to do it. So when people quit because they had actually found a better paying job, a full-time job that wouldn't mean that they would need to teach anymore, that was a joyful kind of graduation from our customers even. So it was customer graduation, but also from our audience because they left the product, they left the space. Some people even went out of teaching because they had found a different job. As much as it sucked that we lost this subscriber 
on, on a financial sense, we were super happy that our tool, that our business actually gave them the ability to make so much additional money to get out of this hamster wheel situation and spend time, like make enough money not to have to teach three jobs, but go down to two or maybe even just one, get a full-time online English teaching job because Feedback kind of helped them deal with like the, the added administrative work. And then take this time and find another job out there that was more stable, had a better income situation, would support their family better. That was awesome, right? So we lost a customer, but that customer graduated their own life. They, they leveled up in a way. And that feeling was amazing. So whenever that happened, I was super happy. We would reach out to this customer, ask them, obviously, before, before we knew about this, that we would ask them why they quit and they would tell us and we would be happy for them. We would be extremely happy that this happened. So if you look at your audience holistically from an abundance mindset, helping somebody help themselves is the best thing you can do. It's the whole teach a man to fish kind of situation, right? You don't need to give them fish if you can teach them how to fish themselves. And that is what you want to do with your audience. You want to not just have this number of followers. That is not all that that there is to an audience. What you want is to, you actually want to meaningfully impact the lives of people. And that's what you can do by having them graduate. Obviously, you want to move your own brand towards an expert brand that, that you don't need to graduate from because you provide all the information. Like, like a math professor could very likely also teach first, a second, or third grade math, maybe not as good as a specifically trained math teacher or third grade math teacher, but a, a math professor would be able to tell the basics to a child, right? To inform a young student about the very basics of math. I would hope. I've met a couple math professors that, yeah, should probably not have been teaching, but, you know, personal opinion. You want to be an expert that can teach all kinds of people. You want to be an expert that can teach the fundamentals to people who need an introduction to the topic, and you want to teach the other experts in your field something that they might not even know about. And that is the final version of your brand that you might want to aim for. Because that means very low churn, people stick with you all the time, pretty high retention, obviously, that people want to stick with you all the time, and they will put in the effort of reading what you have to say, and scrolling through Twitter, and when they see your name, they will stop and read it, that's where you want to be. But you'll also attract new people into the subject, and you can spread your content out between all these different cohorts of your audience, and speak both to newbies and to the experts at the same time. So that is very interesting. And that is what I wanted to talk about with this subject. So now maybe let me share a couple things about my own projects, because obviously I'm always happy to talk about this on the podcast. Maybe permanent link first, my, my little SaaS that creates permanent links for people who want them in their books. I have been using permanent link. Obviously, I built this for myself and Zero to Sold. My, my book contains a lot of links that I needed to make permanent. And that has been great. I have a couple thousand clicks and I can see all the analytics and that stuff. So that's awesome. But now Permanent Link is actually being used by a book besides my own. A book that I didn't write. And there's a guy called Gege Orish. And he wrote a book called Building Mobile Apps at Scale. He used to work at Uber in, in the mobile um, team. And he has a lot of experience with this. And that book has hundreds of links. And he took a chance on Permanent Link. It was really, really sweet of him. He added all the links in his book as Permanent Links, and they're now running through my system. The PDF of his book is free at this moment, I think until the end of May, because he got a lot of sponsors sponsoring the first couple months, which is really cool. And obviously that means that there's been a lot of traffic. People do like free. And it has been very interesting. There's a link being clicked in his book every minute. There's a lot going on. It's a nice little load test for a permanent link, not just when it comes to actually 
uh, forwarding links, which is not a big technical problem, but just even having a lot of links in the user interface and like using it to maintain and structure all your stuff, Gergay has been very helpful with getting the tool ready for other authors besides myself. And I wish him the very best with his book. I think his launch tweet has been liked half a thousand times and retweeted like 200 times or something. So he's seeing a lot of numbers. And I, the moment he is selling the book as an ebook, it's probably going to shoot up even more. So this is awesome. It's awesome to have somebody actually using my SaaS. He's a paying customer. He's like one of my three paying customers and he has a production book out there. It's really cool. I'm absolutely blown away by the response. He's been tweeting about using permanent link and he will continue to to talk about this in the future, which is really, really nice. It's just opening a lot of doors for me and the project. And I'm super happy. But you would think that this is the big news, right? But yeah, it's not. My book actually had its biggest sales day yesterday. And we're talking about Wednesday, the April 7th here. That was Gumroad Day. Gumroad turned 10. Uh, and they started this whole day where any creator, whatever they made, they wouldn't have to pay the fee for. And for some reason, this caused this huge avalanche of online creators giving gigantic discounts on their product. Was I wasn't the only one. Actually, I was um, informed of this by Danielle. She woke me up in the morning and told me, hey, Daniel Vassalo has this thing going on. He priced all of his products on Gumroad at $1 and people can pay whatever they want. And other people have been doing the same. Should we do that too? And I was like, yeah, that's an amazing idea. Let's let's look into this. And I half the price of the product from 10 bucks a, uh, 10 bucks a book, right? On, on Gumroad, I put it down to $5 for all the versions, ebook, PDF, all of them together. And it resulted in 655 sales over the day, which is incredible. That is $3,400 of revenue in a single day from selling a digital book. And it's crazy because my initial day when I launched the book, my, my launch day, I sold 350 copies. Yesterday, I sold almost twice that amount of copies and probably made even more in revenue because there were no fees involved. So even though I, I, like people had only paid half the price with all the fees deducted, and the, the fact that all of these were digital sales and no printing costs were involved, I probably made more money yesterday than I made on my first day of sales. So that's my new record. Almost 700 sales, almost $3,500 made in revenue. I'm still blown away by this because the days before there was maybe a sale, maybe none on, on any given day. And then I got 655 yesterday. Wow. Just... <laughs> If, if you're listening and you bought one yesterday, thank you very much. I mean, if you're listening and you bought a book at any point in time, thank you very much. But yesterday in particular was super interesting. I'm looking forward to the consequences of this from a marketing perspective, because now that there is a solid half thousand plus books in circulation, I assume that people will talk about it more. People will maybe share it more with their peers and talk about it with their other founder friends. And I will see an uptick in sales in general. So that is super interesting. And any reach that the book can get, any additional reach, I'm super happy about. I mean, I priced it at 10 bucks because I wanted it to have a lot of reach. And I wanted people from countries where 10 bucks is a lot of money to still be able to afford it, which is probably also why there was a lot of sales yesterday. And a lot of, yeah, if I look at the map, and Gamro provides you with a map of where those sales came from, 
there's a lot of sales in Africa, a lot of sales in Asia, a lot of sales in South America, and traditionally in countries where um, the dollar is worth quite a bit comparatively to their local currency. So that was really nice to have this opportunity. I still wish that Gumroad would have this purchasing power parity pricing built in. That'd be great. That'd be a wonderful thing for Gumroad to build into the system because I feel that would benefit a global economy, a global creator economy at that too. But just, yeah, slashing the price by half made a difference yesterday. I'm extremely grateful. Like I said, I'm super happy. Still seeing a couple of sales come in today, even though the full price is back, but people just like, seeing the book and seeing how people's enthusiasm at buying it made a big difference. I couldn't be happier. Permanent Link uh, is being used in prod and uh, Zero to Sold has its ha- had a record day. So that's a pretty cool week. Try to top that next week. <laughs> we'll see about that. I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Booster Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at AvidKal, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootsterfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com. If you have any questions about the episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootsterfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootsafana podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll help other founders and founders to be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.